Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here with the Giants sitting at one and four and pretty much screwed. I don't know how you look at it any other way. There's a bunch of injuries offensively. They suffered in a 44-20 loss to the Cowboys. We'll get to that in a second. But where I want to start this week is with the defense, because that's the real problem with this team right now. The real problem is this defense isn't just underperforming, isn't just disappointing. They're bad. This is a bad defense right now. Let up over 200 yards rushing, not stopping the run, can't pressure the quarterback, and we've known this from day one. I don't care how good your secondary is. And the Giants secondary hasn't played great either, but that's another story. It doesn't matter how good your secondary is. If you can't pressure the passer consistently and move the quarterback off his spot, it's just easy money. Just easy money. Like Dak Prescott has seven seconds, rolls out. Of course he's going to find somebody eventually. You no, know, Dalton Schultz eventually, you know, 40 yards, 30, 40 yard game. But of course he's going to find somebody. He's too good. This defense right now is bad. And I think it's our our worst case scenario coming to reality. And I mentioned it before the season. I thought the Giants improved their personnel, but in a way would be around the same production-wise, even though they had improved personnel. And the reason I said that was because, I, in a way, I thought they maxed out. Patrick Graham was so good last year at disguising and uh, bringing and, and creating pressure without guys that can generally create pressure on their own. And there were so many guys that maybe you thought, okay, Leonard Williams had his best year. Blake Martinez basically, you know, that he's done that a couple times, but that's, that's what he, you know, the, he's not going to do much better than that. Um, Logan Ryan had one of his best years. James Bradbury by far had his best year. And in a way, now we're realizing they maxed out last year with that group. Absolutely maxed out. Top 10 in points allowed last year. No, no, no. Not this year. They're not even close. They're not going to finish in, in that same stratosphere. This defense right now is bad. Bad. I'll pop up the numbers here in a second just to uh, show, give examples of how bad they are. But I mean, it's just not going to get much better. If you don't have a pass rush, it's just hard for me to see a defense being consistently really good. And the Giants do not have a pass rush. And Leonard Williams, I have a story coming out on this this week, is woefully underperforming. Because the reality is you can't just be a good run stuffer, provide pedestrian pressure, actually below average. He's tied for 91st in QB pressures with eight, according to Next Gen. Tied for 91st. 91st, the dude makes $21 million a year. And I know you're looking at it like, oh, I'm picking on him. And I am a little bit. But he gets paid $21 million a year. He's the highest paid player on the New York Giants. James Bradbury, one of the highest paid players on the New York Giants. QB rating against him this year is way over 100, okay? You can't win like that. Those guys got to play better, way better. And so far this year, they are not. They are not. And you can't have Leonard Williams with eight pressures in five games. I mean, that's barely over a pressure game. So what, he finishes with 20, 22 pressures this year? Get 40-something last year. His pressure percentage is almost cut in half. It's in the 5% range. It was close to 10 last year. So, I mean, 
you got to start with his defense. It just has not been good enough in any way, shape, or form. And it's hard to see it getting much better right now, especially with the games they got upcoming. The Rams this week. Anyone think the Rams and Sean McVay aren't going to tear apart this defense? Uh, Who else? Carolina, maybe they could do all right against not a great offense. Then they have the Bucks on Monday. No, the Chiefs on Monday night, the Raiders and the Bucks. Like, how is this defense going to come up big in those games? Like, where, where, where do we see that happening? So, by the numbers, yards per game, the Giants have, oh, the, they're, though, that's offense. Okay. That makes more sense. They're 12th in total offense. They are, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, 29th in total defense. That's by yards. And 26th, they're allowing, by the way, 486 yards per game. 26th in points, 27.8 points per game. So if we want to look at the Giants and say, big part of why they're one and four and why they're a disappointment, let's look at that defense. I know everybody, Jason Garrett, you want to point your fingers and blame Jason Garrett. And yeah, there's been games they haven't put up enough points. But their biggest problem right now, because they've been beat up on offense pretty much every week, you know, guys going in and out of the lineup. But defense, what's the excuse for that Dallas, for what they put up in Dallas? That performance they put out there on the field in Dallas, putrid. Now, we'll get to the injuries now in a second. And the, the injuries, the Giants, they give up 44 points on defense because of the injuries. They give up 44 points on defense because they stink right now. I mean, that's reality. And you know what? They should have given up more than 50. If Dallas didn't self-implode a couple times, Dalton Schultz actually dropped a touchdown at one point. Dallas fumbled on just their own fault, nothing the Giants did. But they, fu- they fumbled on their own, in the red zone. They were about to go in again earlier in the game. So they were giving away points early. Still scored 44. Granted, one was a defensive touchdown. but So still scored 37 with leaving points on the field. I mean, please. Defense needs to look itself in the mirror and get it right quick. Because they got some more good offenses coming up I just named. Now let's talk about the injury problems the Giants have. Everybody went down. Seven of the Giants' 11 starters from week one were not on the field by the start of the second half. That's not even including Darius Slayton who wasn't even a week one starter, right? Because I'm considering Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay, the two wide receivers there, Saquon Barkley. We saw he went down with that, you know, pumpkin-sized ankle. Now, Saquon wants to play. You know, he thinks he's Superman, which we keep kind of perpetuating that narrative that just isn't true because let's look at the evidence. This is the third straight year he's injured. The first time, oh, he's a super healer. Right. Yeah. He missed the three, three games because of the high ankle sprain came back and then wasn't the same tore his knee. And now he has another ankle injury. It's a string of bad luck, but let's back off on Mr. Super healer over here and expect him to just come back and be great and come back this week. He might want to come back this week. He's not coming back this week. He's going to, my understanding is him and Galladay is about a couple weeks. So maybe they can come back next week. Maybe they could come back for that Carolina game. Daniel Jones, he has a shot this week. I think he has a legit shot, but he has a concussion. We saw him stumble on his feet. It was scary. Those things are scary, but the dude is tough. He is tough as nails. He's going to want to play, but any sort of setback, anything that pops up there, you never know with the, the concussion, with these kind of injuries. They're, they're basically, I mean, his brain is injured, so you never know how the brain really responds, and I, they're all hopeful that he can cover this timeline and, and be ready for Sunday, but you won't know until the weekend. And it'll be kind of a late decision. He has to pass all these tests, independent neurologists, the whole concussion protocol before he gets back. Now, the good news is today's Wednesday afternoon. I'm taping this. Sterling Shepard declared himself back. 
He's back. He, him and Darius Slayton were running r- routes at full speed before the game on Sunday, so they were really close. Jabril Peppers, also expect him to be back. My voice is cracked. Now, the one to me, and, and Kadarius Tony, let's talk about that for a second. Ankle injury, you saw he was great the other day, okay? I mean, we're finding out that this dude can do some unique things, and it gives you some optimism for the future and for the rest of the season. Let's see the Giants continue to utilize him. And the fact that Kenny Galladay's out means he's going to be playing a prominent role again this week. If Daniel Jones plays, you know, he could do some serious damage. Even with Mike Lennon, he, he did some damage. But he was granted he was like the only receiver left at that point. So I'm, I'm those numbers that might, you know, that was the perfect spot for him if you wanted to use him in fantasy or see his numbers blow up. But still, I mean, some of the things that he does, pretty special, pretty good. You got to be excited about the potential of using him moving forward in this offense. Now, the one um, that's kind of raised red flags on me here a little bit is Andrew Thomas, because he was limping badly last week. And I was surprised that the Giants had him at questionable and were even going to play him. And to me, it was the way it was portrayed to me was that the intention on Saturday was they were going to play him. And all of a sudden, something changed by Sunday afternoon. Now, he did go out and do a pregame workout. But then on Wednesday this week, He's still not practicing. And that was a light practice. The previous week, he was doing that light practice, or or at least, now you know what? He didn't do Wednesday. He did Thursday, I guess, last week. But still, the fact that this week he comes back and is not doing anything makes me think he had a little setback. So something I'm going to monitor moving forward. But as far as what we learned with him out is that Matt Parrott needs to play, okay? Because Nate Solder's shot. I've been saying this for a while now. I've had people around the league tell me, multiple people around the league tell me, they just think he's done. Can't play anymore, Nate Solder. It's like, what are we wasting our time here for? You just see him getting pushed around like a rag doll at times. He looks like he's just not big and strong enough anymore to handle guys. So, like, what are we wasting our time? Matt Parrott looked like he played pretty well to me. I know people in the Giants, they were they liked what they saw from him the other day. So why are we wasting our time? Give him experience. Get him in there. It's not like Nate Solder's playing at this high level. You know, as the quote that a uh, uh, executive around the league told me is, can't play. That's what they said about Nate Soldier at this point. I'm not sure you can watch them much and disagree with that. So just another problem for this organization right now. So let's see what Matt Parrott's got. The returns on Sunday were pretty good in Dallas. So let's keep going with that. There's no there's no reason at one and four with the way he's playing to to want to see Nate Soldier. And there's certainly no reason if Andrew Thomas is healthy to run a three-man rotation with those guys. It's a waste of time. See what you got with Matt Parrott already. Let's do it. Now let's move on. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's bring in our guy, former giant Chris Canty, now the host of the Canty and Golick Jr. Show, ESPN Radio, 3 to 7 p.m. He's getting big on us. He's going national. You'll see it. You're seeing him all over the place now. You're seeing him on the morning shows. Chris Welcome back. Uh, big weekend, by the way, for that your, your 2011 team as well, huh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with all of the guys. The Giants have a great weekend planned for us. We've got a couple of dinners, a golf outing, and then, of course, being celebrated at halftime of the Rams-Giants game on Sunday. So 
It's exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun to celebrate that championship 10 years later. Who's a, who, who's who's the golfers to watch? Then I'm I'm interested to hear this. Who Justin who do we Tuck. know? Who do Just, we know is Just, dangerous Justin, out there? Just, Justin Tuck. He never misses an opportunity to get out there on the golf course, and the guy's got some game, man. He can hit it a mile, but lefty? he's also got some. Touch. He's a lefty, right? Yeah, yes, he is. But he's also got some touch around the greens too, and you know that's where you save all the strokes, and that's where you have an opportunity to score. Ooh. So Justin Tuck is the one to watch when they tee off on Monday at Westchester Country Club. Sneaky, sneaky. That's a good round too, Westchester Country Club. They treat you well. I, you know what? Oh, it, yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I, as you said, this, I was just thinking of how they handle Sunday now, right? Because do you think they put John Mara out there, like on the field for some sort of presentation, or you think they kind of changed that up because it didn't go so well when he, they brought him out there for the Eli uh, ceremony? So I, I kind of think they'll, they're going another route now, don't you think? Uh, I don't know if they will. I, I mean, I understand the frustration from Giants fans, but I mean, when we're celebrating the championship, it's hard to imagine that John Mara won't be front and center when we do whatever program that they have scheduled for us at halftime. So I, I would anticipate him being out there um, and him being a part of what we're going to do. Uh, even though things didn't go well when they retired Eli Manning's jersey, I just feel like that that could have been a situation where it's just, a one-off. We'll see what ends up happening, but I don't. I don't think that he would shy away from the opportunity to be a part of that celebration. We'll uh, reminisce for one second here and and think of some good good times before we get to uh, the current state of the Giants. We're at the ten years from that 2011 Super Bowl championship team. Uh, when you think back on it now, what comes to your mind? Uh, just just a different breaks that we caught or the plays that we made in order to have an opportunity to win a championship, Jordan. I mean, you got to be good, but you also got to have some good fortune. So and, give me, give me an example. We, what, what, what pop? What's, oh, what's okay. So, so an example would be our game in Dallas, JPP blocking a kick, a last second kick by the Dallas Cowboys to try yeah. to tie that game and send it into overtime or Victor Cruz in that 99 yard touchdown run on Christmas Eve in the game against the Jets, a gotta have it situation. And then flag, when you start sure. talking, when you start talking about a little luck, I, I mean, with the draw in the playoff field, you know, having the opportunity to go to Lambeau field and play the Packers. Uh, and then after that, having an opportunity to go to San Francisco, as opposed to going to new Orleans. Like to me, those are the things that uh, that you have to factor in good fortune with because those were better matchups for our team and our roster as constituted at the time. So I, I just I look back at all of those things and all of that added up to us being in a position to even compete for a championship. Yeah, and you just and then and then you, we didn't you want to go back to New Orleans, Jordan. Jordan really? We didn't want to go back I, to I, I remember, yeah, I remember, but even now you sit well, there and you uh, say that, man. I just didn't want to go back to because that. Those those Green Bay, not like those Green Bay teams. I mean, that way, you know, we know what it was like there. And with that San Francisco game turned out to be that team was uh, that defense in that San Francisco team was was nasty too. No, I'm not saying that the defense from San Francisco wasn't nasty, but you saw that we had a quarterback that could withstand all those shots and make all the plays that are necessary in order to win. With New Orleans, man, that was a whole different monster. We got a taste of that in the regular season in a prime time matchup. And it didn't go well for us. That right. wasn't even a competitive game. I think they hung 49 <laughs> on So, I mean, that, that, yeah, it was a situation where it was just a bad matchup. But when you looked at what the Packers were, we were a much more physical team. 
both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage. And, and so I just felt like that favored us a little bit. And we knew how to deal with a prolific quarterback. So the fact that they had Aaron Rodgers and that they were 15-1, and one, it didn't really phase us. So, I mean, right. those, those are some of the huh. things. And then even going back to the wild card round and having the Atlanta Falcons, another team that we were clearly more physical than. Like, I, I just feel like those those – the, the, the road in the playoffs were solid matchups for us. Those were favorable matchups for our team. And, um, you know, it allow us to, to be able to have the path to get to the Super Bowl. Right. All right. Now let's uh, be a downer here and shift gears and talk about days that are not as bright and the current state of this Giants team. I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. That's your side of the ball, right? And we talked about this the other day. I was I was on your show, uh, and the defense. What do you you ask me? What I with the Giants thought were the problems. I want to know your opinion. What do you, What do you think is the problem with this defense? Because there was a good defense last year. They're supposedly supposed to get, got better talent wise, but yet we see major regression. Well, I think the biggest thing, Jordan, is that they're not tied together on the back end like they were last year. Like you know, whatever's happening in coverage, they're not being able to match up in their zones. They're not communicating. Whatever it is, there's an issue on the back end of that defense. And as constructed, the defense, the way that the way that they put the pieces in place, the strength of that defense is the back end. We knew that up front they were going to have some challenges right. consistently rushing the passer. But the back end of that defense, Logan Ryan, James Bradbury, Xavier McKinney now in the mix, Jabril Peppers, and then adding a Dory Jackson. That was supposed to be the strength of that unit, and they just have not played well. And as a result, the rest of the defense is struggling. Patrick Graham is trying to figure out ways to be able to help those guys out and at the at the you know sacrifice of you know or compromising the front seven. So um, that's a problem. Blake Martinez also being out is a huge issue. But let's yeah. face it, this defense was struggling before Blake Martinez got injured. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it has to do with the back end of the the back end of the defense not necessarily gelling, not being on the same page early on in the season, and as a result, opposing offenses are able to exploit the Giants. So how do you get that fixed when you're in a situation like that? Like what 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 would be a solution for the back end to get that fixed? Well, I, I think just continuity. I think you have to have some continuity in the personnel groupings that you're going to run out in the specific situations and guys having a defined role within the defense. I know they've been doing some mixing and matching. They've been kind of rotating Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney and, and, and trying to get the young guy some more reps. But I think it's just more about being able to, you know, have defined roles for those guys so they know what to expect when they're going into game week. They understand what their contribution has to be to the defense's overall success. I think when you have that clarity as a player that allows you to go out there and play fast and, and that's when you're going to get the best out of what a guy has to offer, what a unit has to offer. So I think the giants have got to get to that last year. They played much faster than what they're playing this year. It seems like there's a lot of hesitancy and Patrick Graham and the coaching staff got to get that cleaned up. The giants are going to have any chance. I also look, I mean, I'm looking at this defense. Okay. You know who's their star, right? That's what that's what that's what you look at. You know who's the guy that that's the guy the other team needs to find before the play, and that's supposed to make a difference. And that guy's supposed to be Leonard Williams, right? He signed a mm-hmm. huge contract this offseason. You know he's getting paid twenty plus million. He's the highest paid player on the team. How much more he has? Yep. One and a half sacks, but I mean, you're not seeing him consistently make a difference. How much more does this team need from him? And 
How much do you think maybe that contract weighs over him or, or just doesn't, and, you know, and that he just said, okay, you know, I got, I got paid now. I just got to go out and, and play. And there's not that maybe little extra something to play for. Well, here's what I'll say, Jordan. I think Leonard Williams is is one of those guys that's going to be hard to gauge his impact or his overall effectiveness by just looking at the numbers. Like okay. it's, you can't quantify it in just numbers, right? I know it's one and a half sacks, four quarterback hits. You're expecting a lot more from him based on what he's getting paid. But you got to also understand like Leonard Williams does a lot of the dirty work. He takes up multiple blockers on a consistent basis, allowing right. guys on the second and third level to be free hitters. Like th- that's a huge contribution to your team. So I I think when you start to look at it, would you like him to be a lot more disruptive? Do you want him to reestablish the line of scrimmage? Do you want him to create negative plays for the opposing offenses? Absolutely. You want all of those things, but you also can't discount the other things that don't show up in the stat sheet that Leonard does really, really well. So I think that's something that fans need to take into consideration when trying to gauge, you know, how he's playing this year. That being said, when you're getting paid $21 million a year, you got to give more to your team when you start out one and four. And that's just what it is. You, everybody on that team has to give more. And of course, you got to start with the guys that have the highest pay, uh, highest salaries, the guys that are higher up on the pay scale. So yeah, Leonard Williams has got to be better, but so do a lot of guys on that Giants team. You keep saying these things that like Leonard Williams needs to be better. You're talking about the back end of the secondary, not kind of being on the same page. Logan Ryan, also one of the, the higher paid players on this team. He's back there, team captain. I, I'm, I'm sitting here at James Bradbury, same thing, right? High paid player. Had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it to you the other day. I was, I'm curious if you agree or disagree with me on this. And we sat here and we raved. Pac Graham did such a great job last year because we didn't look at the pieces and be like, this should be a great defense. And they, they were very good defense. Maybe not great, but they were good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Did, how much... Do you think maybe they max out? Uh, I think there's a there's a possibility that that's the case. And then you also have to consider the league having a year's worth of tape to be able to study this offseason and evaluate what the Giants are doing and then have a plan to be able to attack. I mean, a lot of the same personnel is back for the Giants. So there's a, there's a chance to put this team under the microscope and see how you can take advantage of guys in certain schemes. And I think that's that's a part of what the story is for the 2021 Giants defense. And so Patrick Graham and the coaching staff have to adjust on the fly. There are going to be some things that, you know, teams have a plan for, and you've got to throw a wrinkle at them to, to throw them off their square. And so far it's been way too reactive for the Giants defense. They haven't been able to dictate to opposing offenses by and large. And I think they've got to find ways to be more disruptive. Does that mean committing more guys to the rush to be able to manufacture pressure? I think so. Um, but I also understand the concern that Patrick Graham has with the guys on the back end being able to hold up in man-to-man coverage because thus far this season, they haven't looked great. So it does become a situation where you got to rob Peter to pay Paul. But based on where we are in the season, being in the second quarter and the Giants only having one win on the year, I I think it's a situation where you got to try to be aggressive. Right. I mean, especially with the injuries they now have on the offensive side of football. We'll get to that now. Uh, first of all, we're going to get to Daniel Jones. We need to know, you know, who's, who's the big, who's the bigger legend at, at Charlotte Latin? Is it Daniel Jones or Chris Canty? No, it's Daniel Jones, man. I mean, the guy goes top 10 in the NFL draft. I was the last, 
I was Come the on. last pick in the fourth, the last pick in the fourth round in 2005. So it's, it's but you got a Daniel ring. Jones. You got the ring, though. They got to respect I mean, I, that I, when you bring the ring I, back around, no? I, I got a ring, and I am the first professional athlete uh, out of that school. So I, I'll I'll wear my hat on that one. But uh, you know, listen, Daniel Jones is special, man. Like I, I think he has an opportunity to be a really, really good quarterback in our league. Um, it's just a matter of being able to put it together, being able to have more consistency because that's what separates solid players from good players and good players from great players. And and to this point in his career, he just hasn't done that for whatever reason. I thought he was turning a corner um, through the first five games of the year, but, you know, he had, you know, some situations with some moving parts due to injury around him. And now he's out with the concussion uh, from the game in Dallas on Sunday. So th- there's, you know, there's, there's still some show and prove with Daniel Jones. The Giants are still in the middle of an evaluation and they've got a big decision to make this coming off season with this fifth year option and what they're going to do with him long-term right now. I don't think he's done enough to merit a long-term commitment from the organization, but you're just waiting to see how the second half of 2021 unfolds. And I think if he continues to do what he's done through the first quarter of the season, I mean, the Giants will move much closer to being comfortable to making that long-term commitment. How close are you though? To being convinced, like are you are, are you almost there? Because I mean, there was there you have seen things this year that make you, I think, a little more confident than probably the past few years for sure. Yeah, um, I would say this. I'm I'm a lot closer now than I was at the end of 2020. Okay, there were still so many questions. There were so many turnovers, and it seems like he's gotten on the other side of turning the football over. But now it's just, it's just about being able to consistently make the plays to put his team in position to win. And that's not easy to do with all of the moving parts and skill position groups. Like I know that the Giants came into this year and it seemed like they had a glut of, of skill position players. But when you actually look at the guys and who's available and, you know, from a week to week basis, it, it's 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 tough for a quarterback to develop that chemistry, that rapport with his guys. Again, the uncertainty and not knowing when guys are going to be in the lineup or not knowing if you're going to have guys at 100 percent. That's a lot on the quarterback to process and digest, along with all the other responsibilities that Daniel Jones has with the game plan and with execution. So um, it's a lot on his plate right now. But that's what the job of being quarterback in the National Football League is all about. And so when he comes back. He's going to have to find a way, again, to be more consistent in order to kind of lock in as the the future franchise quarterback for the Giants. Because you know I'm over here. I'm I'm wearing the conductor hat. I'm riding the band. I've been driving, <laughs> I've been driving the bandwagon this year. I, you I, and Bart I went Scott. out on a limb Bar- when no, and, everybody was Bart killing Scott. me. What's that? You and Bart Scott. You and Bart Scott. Bart Scott calls in the next Josh out. I'm not yeah. going to go that far, but that's what Bart Scott says. So The one thing I mean, you didn't you mention two, about him. You two him guys are on the bandwagon. When, yeah, you know, I'm, we're fine. We'll we'll be co-conductors, man. We'll put on our little conductor's hat, sit on the train, and we'll we'll start allowing people on when when uh, when it starts turning. But here we talked about it. Uh, you talked about all these things about Daniel Jones and his weapons. The, the the offensive line is still part of that too. I mean, they're not exactly uh, you know surrounding him with this fort of an offensive line. You know, I mean that that's these are things you you got to factor into the equation too. Like, what if he did have? You know, a, a much more uh, serviceable offensive line. Let's say, what if he, what if he, what if he did have a more consistent, stable of weapons? I think you could, you could see that. You know, you can envision more success if that were the case. 
I mean, look at what Dallas had compared to with the Giants on the field the other day. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jordan, that 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 certainly would be ideal. But when you draft a guy with the sixth overall pick, you don't have to. You sh- everything shouldn't have to be ideal in order for them to be productive. And I think that's kind of where Dave Gettleman and the Giants are at with this season. Like, listen, it's not perfect, but there's enough here for you to be able to work with if you are what we thought you were going back to twenty. 20- um, 2019 when they drafted him. So I, I look at it as a situation where, where Daniel is, has got to find a way to be able to overcome whatever deficiencies that that offense has, that this team has, and put them in position to win games. And so the offensive line, though it's not great, it's not nearly as bad as it was in his first two years. And so I, I feel like that group is trying to turn a corner as well, which is Got to be a pleasant surprise given all the injuries and the poor performance that they had in the preseason. Um, but I think, I think you know, Andrew Thomas is coming along. The rest of that unit is coming along as they continue to have more continuity, get games under their belt. They'll be a lot better as the season progresses. So, I mean, I think that there's an opportunity here for Daniel to make this work, and he's just got to take advantage of it. When you look at this organization, right, Chris, you were on that Super Bowl winning team. Uh, you cover, you know, you've been in the New York market for a while. You you watch it closely. You still live in the area. What's the fix for this organization? Like where, where is there a disconnect? Because it's, it can't just be an accident when your organization is at this level for such an extended period of time. Uh, Bill Parcells said you are what your record says you are. And Dave Gettleman has been on the job since the end of 2017. And since 2017, the Giants, are tied with the Jets for the worst record in, in football, right. 19 and 50. I mean, that's what, 31 games under 500. That's not nearly as good enough. So when you ask me what's the fix for this organization, I will respond with it starts at the top. They, mm-hmm. they have to have somebody that they believe in in terms of being able to shape this franchise and, and find the, the long-term direction that will lead to consistently winning football games. Um, and so I, I think that's that's where you have to, you know, that's where you have to point the blame, so to speak, for what the New York Giants have been for the better part of the last half decade. It, it's it's at the top. It's with the general manager and the overall direction of the franchise. There's so many top draft picks that the Giants aren't necessarily getting the return on investment on, and um, that makes you question why the general manager chose to go in a certain direction with shaping this roster. So. Um, that's where I would, that's where I would start. Um, I don't know where that leaves Joe judge. I don't know where that leaves Daniel Jones, but ultimately it's about, you know, a commitment to a general manager that can put together a team that has a solid foundation that can consistently compete. And the giants are, are so far away from that right now. And it's sad to say, because it's a franchise that I love. I talk about it all the time. I got blood in the ground over there at MetLife Stadium. And um, it, it's frustrating as an alum to see the program in, in, in such disrepair. Yeah. And like you said, and then you, you don't know about Joe Judge and them. That's the other frustrating part for me is that's what happens when you don't align these things, right? Now we're sitting here saying, well, if you change the GM, do you then have to change the coach to like, you know, this is how you end up in these spots. And then you're just in an awkward spot where you, oh, do we bring in a new GM and then not align him with the coach? Or does the coach deserve alignment with the GM? I mean, that, that's just where – that's just the ultimate bad organization position to be in. Uh, it's, it's, it's so it's, – it's just tough. I don't know. 
It, it, there's no real answer. So help me out here. Ready? I'm ready. Versus the, versus the Rams versus the Panthers at Kansas City Monday night versus the Raiders at the Bucks on Monday night. Like where where can the Giants find some wins here? Give me a spot. You, you got anything for me? Come on. Well, listen, they played the Rams tough last year. So, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that it's impossible for them to craft a game plan where they can be competitive and make okay. it a fourth quarter game. Okay, um, I'm listening. But I will also say this. <laughs> right now, the Chiefs and the Raiders seem like they're vulnerable for different reasons, but they're both vulnerable teams. Um, so I'm not going to count those as L's for the Giants on their schedule. Um, I think the most important thing is the health of the quarterback. You know, the availability of Daniel Jones, clearly it's a different team with him as opposed to Mike Glennon. Um, so if you have Daniel Jones out there, we'll see about what happens with Saquon and when he becomes available. But I think that's the most important thing. If you got him healthy, you'll have a chance in those ball games. Now, we also got to keep in mind this. The Giants were able to come up with a game plan last year with no Daniel Jones up in Seattle. Led by Colt McCoy, they were able to beat the Seahawks. So yeah, I don't want to discount sure. what Joe Judge and his coaching staff can do in terms of putting together you know, a path for victory for the current group of guys. But um, I would say this, with Daniel Jones, you got a chance to pick up a win or two before the bye week. Um, this next stretch of four games, it's hard to see them playing anything better than 500 ball. Um, I think if you got that, you would have to count that as a win. Um, but certainly the program absolutely needs a win. Like, because if you're talking about going into the bye week and being one and eight, then your season is essentially over. And you're talking about guys, you have to worry about guys shipping cars home and you have to worry about the fate of your general manager. You got to worry about the fate of your head coach and you got to worry about who's going to be the quarterback under the center in 2022. And I feel like uh, I'm in, I'm, I'm covering the same position before Thanksgiving every year. It's, 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 it's getting depressing, Chris. But yeah, it is. <laughs> you can sell, you get well, you can get a little joy. You'll see, you could catch Chris Canty uh, this weekend. The Giants celebrating the 2011 Super Bowl champs. Also, every day, weekday, Monday to Friday, Canty and Golick Jr., 3 to 7 p.m. on ESPN radio. I also like, you know, you know, your boys in uh, New York, the DCR show. Canty wasn't at the front. Your name is at the front now. <laughs> that's how you know you're moving up. You know that, Chris. I mean, it's the Canty and Gola Jr. show. It's it's not Gola Jr. and Canty. Hey, hey listen, man. I'm 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 excited about the opportunity, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of this new team with Canty and Gola Jr. Man, I think we got some good stuff going. So for those that are not familiar with us, go ahead and check us out. You won't be disappointed. All right, kill it, man. We'll be we'll be listening. Thanks, Chris. My Canty. man. On to the next. All right, one. Jordan. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. 
Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's wrap up a little quick Jordan on the beat and then get out of here. This is the portion of the podcast where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, uh, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And what I'm going to talk about here is going to cover a game at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington or Dallas, whatever. Okay. And let me tell you, the Dallas Cowboys, they treat you right. Now, do they need to treat you this well? Is it excess? I'll whisper this answer because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want it to change, but yes, it is absolutely excess. They don't need to treat us as well. I mean, the food, I have a, a beer tap for after the game, uh, a carving station, right? I mean, the dessert table, are, are you, I mean, just dynamite. These cookies with like uh, sprinkles and the cream in the middle. I don't know what they're called, but poof. I mean, are you kidding me? These little like, uh, hors d'oeuvre size uh, cakes, like a pretzel on top and chocolate caramel pretzel. I mean, come on. This is like five-star treatment right there for the media. And, you know, we go around to a bunch of stadiums. Some places, a lot of these places treat you well, but this is like next level. A beer tap? A cappuccino machine? I mean, if I had to cover the Cowboys for eight to ten games a year, at least you get that. Pretty nice. Especially in comparison to some of the other places around the league. like. MetLife Stadium, not near the top of the list for a show, but AT&T Stadium, go check it out. It's on my TikTok account and Instagram. The Dallas Cowboys really know how to treat you. You are not scrounging or, uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel when you're talking about eating. I mean, pastrami, what was it? Pastrami Rubens after the game, a beautiful nacho setup uh, at halftime and stuff or after the game. I mean, cappuccino machine. You can basically cappuccino, espresso, whatever you want. They do it right. Jerry, I appreciate you taking care of the media and everybody that comes up to that press box and doing it the right way because we're living large. It's like, I don't even want to go out to eat. I can just go to the Cowboys stadium. Sometimes I don't eat in the stadium. The food, the food at certain places like Washington. So bad. Now, this is real spoiled, privileged media talk here. We're talking about the free meals that we get at games. But boy, on the scale of free meals, the Cowboys one is really worth it. Now, we'll get into my prediction for this week. Again, uh, I don't want to depress you, but I'm having a hard time finding a path for the New York Giants. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams, who I think might be the best team in football, quite frankly. I know the, the Cardinals are undefeated. I think when all is said and done, this might be the best team in the NFL. Have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the Giants gave the Rams a good game last year. Defensively, they gave them fits. But guess what? This Rams team is better. They have a better quarterback. Matthew Stafford is playing. Remember the last couple times the Giants played Matthew Stafford? Yeah. He tore them apart and made them look bad. Okay. So I have a hard time seeing them getting pressure on Matthew Stafford. And then Sean McVay not being able to devise schemes to get Receivers open against this defense. So I'm going Rams 28, Giants 17, which actually is a cover the spread, I believe. 
So not good. That would be one in five for the Giants. One in five. And we could pretty much turn our attention towards next year in the draft. So you want to hope for something better, but I mean, they're beat up on offense. You really see them exploding against this Rams defense. Kind of hard for me to believe. Like you see the Giants putting up a 30 spot against them. You know, let's say they get to the low 20s. Do, do I really see the Rams not putting up mid 20s, high 20s into the 30s? So, yeah, 28-17 Rams, one in five Giants. And uh, we're going to have to come up with some innovative ideas to keep busy for the rest of the season. So that's where we're at. And that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, reach out to me. I'll do a, a Giants After Dark on the podcast. We'll, have, we'll do a double podcast next week. A Giants After Dark to answer your questions early in the week. And then we'll, do, we'll follow up with the podcast later in the week. So send your questions. Uh, you know how to find me. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, email, anywhere you, you can find me. Throw me your questions, and I'll do my best to answer a whole bunch of them in next week's episode. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time. <laughs>